The Ann Proud Podcast is a bi-weekly discussion on race, gender, social, and queer community issues brought to you by me, your host, Chloe Blankenship. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to the Improv Podcast. Thank you for joining me again, y'all. So let's get into... Welcome back to the Improv Podcast. Welcome back, y'all. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> anyway, welcome back to the Improv Podcast. Thank y'all for coming. So let me get into the Improud segment. So hopefully y'all are doing good. And okay, so what I'm proud of this week, I have to say I'm proud of my self-love journey that I'm currently on. Like I'm very proud of like my self-love, self-care. I've been advocating for myself in the most radical way. Um, I fucking quit my job because they didn't deserve me. So yeah, I've just been advocating for myself, taking care of myself, but loving myself. That's been the biggest thing. That's why I'm like, it's a whole journey. It's a whole journey. So that's what I'm proud of this week. Inbox me and proudpodcast at gmail.com. Tell me what you guys are proud of. And we can feature it on our segments as well. I'll do my little bit. Y'all can give me y'all a little bit and then I'll read a little bit. So clearly the title of this podcast, The Oversexualization of Black Women. And of course, that's going to be all black women, including our trans black women. It's going to be it's going to be a heavier topic, but it's a topic that we need to be having, you know, a conversation that we need to be having. So I'm actually I'm going to start with some definitions to kind of give you guys an idea of the breakdown and maybe some terms that it might help to hear them defined so you can get where I'm going. You know, if I end up rambling, hopefully I don't. I try. I do an outline, y'all. Sometimes I get I get caught up in the emotion. But <laughs> let me read these. Okay, so our first definition is sexualization. So these are, I looked them up in Google. It gave me Wikipedia. So sexualization is defined as to make something sexual in character or quality or to become aware of sexuality linked to sexual objectification, which sexual objectification is defined as the act of treating a person solely as an object of sexual desire. Objectification more broadly means treating a person as a commodity, I underlined that, or an object without regard for their personality or dignity. Another one I wanted to define was the the Jezebel stereotype. Now, this is going to be a bit of a history lesson. I don't know how detailed of a history lesson it's going to be. Um, given that I will be reporting the history to y'all, <laughs> I guess. So the Jezebel stereotype is the belief that black women are innately promiscuous and hypersexual. So we'll get more into that when I go through the history behind. Because, you know, I got to I gotta do my research before I come to y'all and talk about anything. So... I also have a note that I wrote down to kind of lead us into the discussion, the topic. And I wrote, Black women's bodies have been objectified since they were discovered. And that was just something I wrote down while I was looking up and researching as I was creating the outline and the body of this podcast today. And it's true. I'm just going to like talk for a little bit before I get into the nitty gritty. But honestly, black women's bodies have been commodities, which is why I underlined it commodity before. And it's like everybody wants our bodies. Everybody wants possession 
of us, right? No one wants our struggle. No one wants to advocate for us when we are dying, being murdered, killed. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? And literally the quote, the black woman is the most disrespected woman in America. She is. She fucking is. And as a motherfucking black woman, like, what the fuck? What the fuck? We have every right to be angry. We have every right to be upset. We have every right to feel however the fuck we want to feel when this has been happening for hundreds of years and continues to happen to this present day. The fact that people make arguments that slavery is over and get over it. What the fuck do you mean? What has really changed? One, slavery just became the 13th Amendment. The new slavery is our prison system. And then two, women are still being objectified. Black women are still being horribly objectified. Our trans black women, our trans women are still being murdered. So tell me what the fuck we need to get over when it's still happening. The fuck out of here. Y'all, I had a whole moment getting this shit together. And it's taken me a few days to get my head spaced together. But I think I'm okay enough to not do this fucking episode without bawling. Already had my moment. <laughs> okay, so now let's get into the nitty gritty. All right, we have to look at where we've been to understand where we're going. And we also have to address past history and past trauma in order to understand today's trauma, honestly. Like, how can you not look back to understand going forward? That's why I don't give people's definition of letting slavery go. Like, it doesn't make sense. Does not make sense. We still have not healed from it as a country. So what the fuck do I need to get over? And there's going to be a lot of uh, attitude up in this episode. I appreciate you for hanging with a bitch. All right. Anyway. When I record these solo episodes, like every other episode is solo, right? So it's just me. It's taken me a while to get like, you know, comfortable, I guess. Because I mean, I talk to myself, but not for like a full, full hour. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, oh, bitch, how are you? I'm good, bitch. It's not really like that, but like in the mirror, I like to give myself like pep talks and I'll do affirmations and stuff like that. But (laughs) I appreciate y'all for hanging with me in these solo moments. All right. So let's get into black history, y'all. Black history is American history. Don't let anybody tell you differently because they fucking lied. Okay. So when I reached, when I researched it and looked it up, white colonizers saw black women in their country. And this is, okay, first of all, this isn't like um, verbatim from any website or anything. This is me like kind of summing it up. So that's what it's going to sound like. This is going to be Chloe's history lesson. Let's get into it. White colonizers saw black women in their country minding their beautiful black business and saw little clothing, which was due to the hot climate. And instantly they sexualized them and fetishized them and caricaturized them as animals and hypersexual less than beings. That's basically what I got from it when I looked it up. So these fucking white colonizers came to this beautiful black country and were immediately, they were obsessed in a sick way. They wanted to steal us, basically just obviously make us their slaves, but it's sick to sexualize something the moment you see it. You know what I'm saying? Because these black women, this black 
world, basically, before the white colonizers came. This was their way of living. Like, of course, you were probably walking around topless. It's hot as fuck. It's hot as fuck. Like, that was their culture. So they come over here, coming from, what the fuck? Just some dirty, drabby-ass place, most likely. And where they had to bundle up and wear all these goddamn clothes. And came over here to this good weather and saw our beautiful black queens in their element. And instantly sexualized the black body. The black female body. So forward to slavery, black women are sold, raped, beat, murdered, made fun of, and dehumanized for capital gain, as well as enjoyment and racist propaganda. And that's slavery. And honestly, besides being sold, what more has really changed, you know? Like, they were raped, abused, dehumanized. Now, what's changed with our black women being mistreated currently? We're not giving, we're not even given the same kind of media support. We're not even giving the same kind of storyline that men are. I just, I don't understand it. And it's really, it's really a mind fuck. It's really a mind fuck, as well as our black trans women who are murdered consistently you don't see that shit consistently in the news but it happens consistently like obviously the narrative is as far as media is portraying the media is portraying the narrative that we aren't important and it's still happening to this day so yeah forward to today black women are still fetish if i can talk black women are still fetishized everyone wants our bodies and not our struggle. Everyone wants our magic, but not our reality. And it's so, it's so sickening. It's so sickening. So sickening. But let me break it down. Let me break it down a little further too. Because I want to talk about media and the caricature that the media has displayed consistently throughout hundreds of years of the black woman, let alone being over-sexualized, but just being caricaturized. First off, if we want to go way, way back, way, way back, okay? In the media, specifically in portrayal, like minstrel shows, the Mammy caricature, which uh, Mammy was a character that great Weiss's media, especially in uh, history, specifically portrayed as a like mother of the house kind of persona. She was always like heavy set, unchamima looking, whereas she had the whole get up. She was seen as unattractive. And she was also defined as someone who would protect her white family over any, like, black person who was trying to harm the white family in any way. If you look up, like, Mammy and the history behind Mammy, you'll know what I'm talking about. But specifically, like, and then let alone... Being characterized, having white women in blackface portray us. And it's so sickening and it's demonizing when you look back at these images. Forward to today, where honestly, minstrel shows just look a little different because these companies that fund these shows that make us look like animals or make us look messy as hell is I don't even think that is for our audience. I don't think it's geared towards us. 
as black people. I think it's more, it feels like it's for a completely different audience because it's meant to make us look less than. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about like these reality shows, shows like fucking Maury, which belittled trans people in a sense. At least I feel like it looking back on the episodes and really just caricaturizing us consistently over the years. It just looks a little different. Now it's reality shows that make us look like we're messy and we have all this work done. And it just, it makes us look so messy. To me, these are the modern day minstrel shows. They're meant to do the same thing. And it doesn't even feel like it's for us as an audience, especially since it's funded by these very huge billion trillion dollar white companies. So it's just it's just interesting to look at this. To me, that's a modern day minstrel show for sure. It's doing the same thing. It's belittling people. It's belittling black people, black trans people, trans people in general. And it's a objectifying us honestly have a look next time y'all are watching these shows just like look at who who is this for really is it really for us or is it to create an image in the media of what we are just have a have a look next time i'm not trying to ruin reality shows because of course i've watched like fucking love and hip-hop I've watched it a few times, like, you just get caught up in it because it's a storyline, honestly. But who is, just think, like, who is this narrative for? And who the fuck is writing this shit, honestly? Y'all ever think about that? Who is writing these fucking scripts for these love and hip-hop, like, crew and everything? Yeah, they getting paid. Get your money, sis. But who the fuck is writing this shit? Is it black people in the boardroom? Is it? Is it trans people in the boardroom? Is it black trans women in the boardroom? Have a look, see y'all. I want to talk about the over-sexualization of black women, but starting from adolescence, because it starts at a very, very young age. And the crazy part is you're just minding your business, being a beautiful, you know, little black girl. And then somebody, especially sometimes a family member, will come to you and tell you that you are too overly developed or you need to change the clothes that you're wearing because uncle so-and-so is around or because men are in the house. Like if you've experienced this, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. And I just like, oh my God, it's so fucked up. Obviously black girls have a tendency to develop faster. And I use the word develop because I've heard it so much as a young child. And we are shamed consistently for being developed, primarily to protect some sick-ass man. First of all, if I'm nine years old and I have breasts and I have, like, a developing shape, of course I do. I'm a fucking adolescent. Our bodies are meant to grow at that time. It is not my fault if some sick-ass perverted man who somehow is still on the streets, and I have to think it's because his dumbass has been protected by somebody consistently enough to still be on the streets, just because he finds me, I don't even know, I don't even know. Like, I can't even wrap my head around it. Like, what are we protecting our overdeveloped, quote unquote, children from? And it's fucked up that we have to. You know what I'm saying? It's fucked up that a parent would feel the need to teach their child that they have to dress a certain way in order to get less attention. Like, I'm talking from personal experience. Like, my, I remember growing up, my mom would dress me in like baggier clothes, like real baggy, y'all. Like, (laughs) I know that was the style back then, (laughs) thankfully, but like really baggy school clothes. And I would still get catcalled. Like, I'm a child. First of all, I'm a child in a school uniform. How sick do you fucking have to be 
do y'all get what I'm saying? Like, how sick do you fucking have to be? And it's said that our parents, you know, feel that's that they have to protect us from that. Like, it's really sad that there are so many fucking purrs out here catcalling adolescent girls. Like, that's sick. Fucking sick. But yeah, anyway, I had to wear like baggier clothes. Um, like I was basically trained to act a certain way around men at a very young age. But it felt like it was less in regards to me and more in regards to some sick man. You know what I'm saying? Like our parents, they can only do the best that they feel like they can. However, these fucking pedophiles need to be rounded the fuck up because that's sick. You're telling me I can't be a fucking child? I can't be a child? I can't be a child. Really? What sense does that make? So I do feel like we're ashamed, especially when you start getting a shape or you start getting boobs, breasts, behind, you know what I'm talking about, at a younger age. We're shamed into it. And the thing is, why are we over-sexualizing the female body anyway? Especially the young female body. There is nothing sexual about a child's body. Like, I don't understand. Y'all, like, it's really racking my brain. So we're taught to, and I put this in quotations, protect ourselves from men and predators. So now we have to change in order to protect ourselves. And, of course, I'm talking about, like, young adolescent women, basically, And I just feel like this further perpetuates rape culture because victims are consistently told that it was something that they did. It was something that they were. And that's why they were treated the way they were. And that's fucking backwards. It's backwards. It's sick. What we need to start doing is raising these pedophile men, um, I mean, raising these men to not be pedophiles is what I'm saying, okay? And if they are identified as a pedophile, you do not need to be on the streets. You do not need to be on the motherfucking streets. I have other words for what we could do with these pedophiles, but I'm not going to get into that right now. But yeah, so I feel like our adolescence is somehow stolen from us, given that our bodies are sexualized so quickly, so quickly. Now your body does not belong to you in a sense. Being catcalled as a nine-year-old or a 13-year-old sexualizing your body when you are obviously a child. And these niggas know you're a child. I know these niggas know. They know you're a child. Come on out. You got on a school uniform or you look like a child. Ugh. 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 What the fuck is wrong with you? When I tell y'all, it makes me so angry. Makes me so motherfucking angry. So as children, our bodies are objectified immediately. And it's kind of what makes me angry is that we're taught, one, to be ashamed of our bodies, and to, two, change our bodies in a way or change what we're wearing in a way that um, basically disinterests sick men, which I think is backwards. That's what makes me angry. Hopefully that was clear in that little rant I just had. But that's what makes me angry. Children can't be kids because of some sick, sick man or the idea that there's a sick man out there. I get it. I get it. There are sick people out in the world and we do need to make our children aware of it. I just think it's fucked up that we have to. And then you grow up as now you've reached adulthood, right? Adolescent to adulthood. You've reached adulthood. And first of all, that trauma, because we're not going to not call it trauma, that trauma is still with you. Whether it's conscious or it's subconscious, that trauma is still with you. So now you feel the need to... You may feel the need to dress a certain way around men. Or you're even told 
you know, in like self-defense classes, like how to defend yourself against a man and pepper spray and fucking, um, what is that little thing? It looks like a kitty and it has like the, the two cat ears are like supposedly spikes that you can like jab somebody with basically. And what I'm saying is it's just sick that we would even have to learn these things and that we're preyed upon or our bodies are immediately sexualized. And going back to the media, that's the whole, the whole secret plot behind it. It feels like the media has been doing this consistently. Media portrayal specifically of the Black woman, obviously, and throughout history, we have been over-sexualized in the media. Consistently. I know throughout history, I'm going to do like a history versus present right now. So in the past, we have been over-sexualized, especially in the media. If you look at past pictures of slave depictions, like of old-time media, we were drawn with, overly drawn with, like, huge breasts protruding from our chest. So, like, a huge, like, ass was portrayed, and, like, this was supposed to be the caricature of the Black woman. And it's fucking sick. And we, particularly in the media, have been portrayed as undesirable, And you can see that throughout, like, menstrual shows from back in the day. Of course, the mammy, quote-unquote, stereotype that has been portrayed for so long. Fast forward to the fucking present, and, like, not much has changed. Like, honestly, I wrote down same. I wrote down same. Like, we're still portrayed in these places. It just looks a little different, so people find it easier to ignore, especially if it doesn't have, quote-unquote, anything to do with them. And let's, let's, hold on, let me break it down for a second. Let's have a little segue. If something, quote unquote, has nothing to do with you, and it affects a group of marginalized people, it has everything to do with you. And the thing is, especially my non-POC listeners, taking the time to educate yourself or listen to podcasts um, like this one, that specifically listening to black voices and learning is every, that's everybody's responsibility, listening to another human. Like, I don't understand where the lack lack of empathy has become such a trend. And this, this is beyond race I'm noticing. Like, of course, everybody's out for themselves, but I've also noticed like a, a lack of empathy. Maybe it's the technology age. We're also disconnected in a way. But yeah, the lack of empathy is kind of weird to see. But it's specific people who make claims that, oh, that doesn't have anything to do with me. Or people who've been consistently silent on the struggles, even though it is everywhere. I know you see us. I know you see us over here. I know you see me. I know you do. I know you see me posting. You see it on your timeline. And at that point, you've made a conscious decision to ignore it. So for all my non-POC listeners who are actively listening and learning, continue to do that shit. And for my POCs, we will fucking continue to be heard. As you can see, like we're done. We're done sitting in taking it. Little segue, y'all. Back to (laughs) our regular scheduled programming. So, okay. So, present times. Of course, I said same. I also wrote down ratchet in in quotation marks. Like I said, this is my, basically my idea of what a modern day menstrual show is. Anything that portrays us as caricatures in any way, which the whole ratchet black woman theme. And I'm saying it as a theme because I use ratchet as a term. This is ratchet as a theme specifically portrayed in the media. It is a money 
fucking maker in the media consistently on black streaming platforms like BET or reality show platforms like VH1. And remember what I said, like who who's really who really owns these companies, y'all? That's a whole nother topic, but who really owns these companies and who's really in these boardrooms creating this content? Because it doesn't really feel like it's for us. Yeah, you get caught up in it, but mm, some of these narratives hurt us more than they help us. I also wrote ugly in quotation marks because black women are still in the media portrayed as undesirable consistently. Like I said, these themes have changed a little bit. So people assume since they aren't as blatant as they were before, like in racist shows and movies from the past, it's more subtle now. So now you think it doesn't exist, but it's just, it's way more subtle now. And I also put never the main character when mainstream. Now, there's a lot I've seen in media portrayal where the black friend, there's always the one black friend. Now, obviously, a lot of these brands are getting called out. So they're trying to make a quote unquote effort (laughs) to put us in these storylines. But sometimes it feels like they're just black baiting. You know what I'm saying? Like they'll throw a couple black people in there, but not enough because too many black people would make it a black show, wouldn't it? It don't make no sense, y'all. None of that logic makes any sense. But yeah, black women portrayed as the sidekick or that one character. And then a lot of times you still see like that one character having to be a caricature at some point. Like, oh, she's the ratchet one or specifically on shows where that character is the only black character. Just take a look next time y'all are watching some of these shows. It's very interesting. And speaking of media, if y'all have not watched Disclosure, okay, on Netflix, first of all, as soon as that shit popped up and I saw it, you know how Netflix has like previews. As soon as you turn on um, Netflix, it'll have like a trending show basically up there first of all I saw Laverne Cox and I was like hold on what is this so (laughs) I'm watching the trailer and I realized and I was like I started recognizing everybody from like Pose and I was like oh my god so I started watching it but it's it's a must see it's an amazing documentary I'm pretty sure it's a documentary But they basically go into the history of the caricature of trans women. Literally, they dig into it. The way they were portrayed in media was sick, sick. It was always some horrifying storyline. And the reality is trans women are still fetishized to this day. Very much so. And the average lifespan for a black trans woman is 35 years old. 35. Sick. The mistreatment of our black trans women, the mistreatment of our trans women in general is fucking disgusting. And throughout history, if you're, again, this is one of those things, if you're paying attention, the mistreatment of trans women has been consistent. Throughout history, treated as less than human, exploited, I wrote as toys, quote unquote, is what I put, catcalled and killed. And these were these were notes that I was taking, basically, when I was doing my research. The over-sexualization of the Black woman has been one that has been happening for so long. And you don't hear a lot of people talk about it. Like it's there and it's it's a quiet trauma that happens every single day, but it's not given the forefront in the media. You don't hear these stories in the media when they happen, which is why I really, I felt like fucking talking about it. 
because it's something that happens to us every day. Our bodies, our black bodies as black women are not treated as our own. And I'm going to say a fucking PSA from black women everywhere. Okay. This is a public service announcement as black women, our bodies do not belong to you. Our culture does not belong to you. Our pain and our black magic does not belong to you. Stop killing us. Stop stealing from us. Are you going to catch these hands? How about that? You're going to catch these motherfucking hands. Okay. Our voices are our own. Our black female voices are 100% our own. And let's talk, let's talk about appropriation because that actually lends a big hand into the over-sexualization of the black woman appropriation, which we know that word specifically um, from like, not Instagram, what am I trying to say? Social media. We know the word appropriation particularly because of social media. It's trending. It was trending. I know that word specifically was trending a lot. Everybody was getting called out for it. So appropriation, we're going to touch on because it's been consistently done. Consistently throughout history, always. First of all, if we want to talk in depth into history, our music appropriated and stolen a lot of times. Like if y'all remember... If you've seen Cadillac Records um, and like Dream Girls, they talk a little bit about these black artists who would make songs and then their songs would be stolen. They would be stolen and then the songs would be whitewashed and then the songs would become these huge hits, but they were stolen. And if you do your research, you realize that was the narrative back then. These hits came from somewhere else like it's so wild black people literally were forced to build america and then america wanted to erase us from history honey you can't so yeah appropriation has been happening it's it's been here first of all um like uh i remember all the controversy, what was that, like in the 70s over Bo Derek braids? <laughs> this was way before Kylie Jenner braids, okay? <laughs> uh, if you don't learn from history, you're doomed to repeat it. So this was way before Kylie Jenner braids, the Bo Derek braids. Huge upheaval because the way we wore our hair was seen as unkempt, And it was just made to be this like animal narrative that has been portrayed specifically in the media for a long time about black women. And then all of a sudden, Bo Derek got these braids and like (laughs) everybody wanted braids and they wanted to treat it as the thing I think a lot of um, black women had a problem with is that they treated it as if Bo Derek created those braids and black women are like no 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 honey no 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 first of all give us our props give us our fucking props i think the whole thing with appropriation is you're not giving credit where credit is due at all that's a huge part of it it's not the only part of appropriation obviously because some things you really should not be appropriating at all but obviously it's creating this narrative that you started it by making it famous or the fact that it wasn't famous before when a whole group of people did it. It's demeaning. I think it's demeaning to that culture. It's demeaning to my culture. When you steal something from my culture and wear it like a fucking handbag, that's demeaning. And I think that's why we get so angry about appropriation. We have every right to be angry. When our beauty has been objectified, has been belittled, but the moment someone else tries to steal our beauty, in a sense, I'm using steal kind of in quotation marks, it's seen as 
exotic. That's the word I want to use. And to me, that term in the way I'm using it, I mean exotic in a way of fetishizing. Fetishize, oh God, if I could speak y'all. Fetishizing our bodies, particularly our lips, our hips, um, like the whole form. I mean the whole form as a whole, okay? We're talking about the entire black woman form, the features specifically prominent with black women that have been characterized for years now being praised on a body that is not black. That's where the anger comes from. That's where the anger truly comes from. It's the utmost disrespect. And I also want to talk, since we're talking about appropriation, when I said in the PSA earlier, our Black voices and our Black culture belong to us, it does. I want to get into something that I think specifically Black women will know what, I, what I'm talking about, especially Black queer women. Mind you, we are in an intersection, of course, being Black, being female, being queer. It's a huge intersection of all of those identities. And it's been a narrative that you don't hear of often, but specifically, we're talking about white cis gay men using Black woman culture and likeness. And when I say that, I specifically mean I've seen, and this is from my personal experience, I don't share um, basically like anything like this unless I've experienced it. And I was doing some research yesterday and I realized I wasn't the only black queer woman who noticed this. And it's been in several published reports as well. So my question is, white cis gay men who are specifically using black women's culture, but in a sense, it's more of a caricature. I think unless you've experienced what I'm talking about, you probably are a little lost. But I have had so many white cis gay men switch up their tone while talking to me. And the funny part is, like, obviously, I was around this person long enough. And not just this person, because it's been several people. But I was around this person long enough to notice that's not how they talk to other people. Honey. And then it just ended up being like, again, the VH1, like ratchet black girl portrayal with the clicking of the tongue. And it's just too much. It's too much. You can always tell when something's fake because it's it's always like it's too much. You're doing too much. And I've gotten that vibe several times before. And I had no idea other black queer women had experienced it. So in a sense, appropriating our likeness, basically. And I just don't understand. Like, I get the whole, like, southernness um, twang. It's also, like, a thing that I've noticed specifically with, like, white cis gay men that I personally know. Like, I get that. Honey, you from the South. I get that. But, like, why are you talking to me in a different way than then you talk to other people, specifically with slang. Okay, slang words, um, most times used <laughs> inappropriately, like in the wrong context, like it's just out of context. This is what I'm saying. When you do, when things come off as unnatural or fake, like it doesn't make sense. And I literally, I'm just staring at him, trying to talk to me as if he's relating to me. <laughs> Or it just felt like he was trying to just use all these slang terms he must have just learned. (laughs) And it's too much. It's too much. It doesn't feel natural at all. It does not feel natural at all. So stop doing that. Now, if you are a white cis gay man who has never done this, Obviously, I'm not talking to you, (laughs) but to the white cis gay men who are consistently using black women culture, but staying silent 
on black women dying, boo boo, you need to, you need to reevaluate your life. Okay. And I definitely, I had something to say and I definitely said it. If you want to steal from us, but you do not want to be pulled over and shot, you do not want to be catcalled and then murdered when you turn down these fucking sick men. Like, mm-mm, mm-mm. Stealing someone's voice while not advocating for them, even stealing someone's voice is absolutely unacceptable. But adding insult to injury, you're not advocating for black voices either. Stop that shit. Stop that motherfucking shit. Because it's always, it's always the exaggerated, stereotypical representation of the black woman that I'm seeing consistently used by white cis gay men. Like, it doesn't make sense. It's not natural. It doesn't feel like you grew up around black people and that's just how you talk. No, it feels like you watch too much TV or something and you're trying to act it out. It feels more like an act. So, yeah, let's put an end to that shit. For sure. So in the healing portion of our podcast, of course, we ask, how do we heal? That's the bigger question. And my answer is to stop fetishizing and objectifying the black female form. It sounds easy, doesn't it? It sounds easy. Stop killing us. That sounds easy too, doesn't it? Stop killing black trans women. Stop killing trans women, period. Like, why is this hard to do? Why is this hard to do? But most importantly, I really want to stress that we all need to educate ourselves. Educate ourselves. So what happens when you don't know your history? History happens to you. Whether you know it or not, whether it's subconscious or conscious, if you don't know your history, you're doomed to repeat it. So what we need to start doing is educating ourselves so we can put an end to this bullshit. And just because I feel like as just one person, you feel like your voice is not enough and it feels like you're screaming into the void. But even if it's just one voice, even if it's just me, you know, learning and listening also to other humans it should be reciprocated and from everybody basically I also want to say that to say like just because you don't identify with someone else or you don't identify with their struggle doesn't mean that it doesn't affect you or that you shouldn't educate yourself or it doesn't mean that that person should be overlooked does not mean that that person should be overlooked. And I think that's what happens. That's what I mean when people make the comments that it doesn't affect me. So I'm basically, and it's not even, it's not a comment. It's an action. It's specifically an action. And it's that attitude where like, well, if it doesn't affect me, then it's not my problem. First of all, if one of us is chained, none of us are free. Every time I say that um, line, I actually think of the song. But if we're not all free, then what are you doing? You look stupid. You look stupid just going about your merry way acting like none of this affects you. It does. If someone next to you is hurting, it does affect you because you saw it. And you made a conscious decision to do nothing or to ignore it. And that defines your character. I think we need to stop acting like we are not all connected as people. We're all connected. So if you see somebody hurting and you do nothing, it defines your character. And to my non-POC people, especially queer people, um, I'm seeing a lot on like social media and stuff. And I'm noticing that a few more people are actively listening and learning, that makes a huge difference. Even if all you do is listen and learn, 
even if you haven't decided yet how to advocate for someone else, probably let alone yourself, but just listening and learning. It's somewhere to start. I would specifically encourage other people to stop saying, staying silent on these issues, especially um, hashtag all Black Lives Matter. The fact that we have to say that all Black Lives Matter, including Black trans women, the fact that we have to stress that is an issue within our own community. We need to clean that shit up. That's that's a huge issue that Black trans women are not put in any Black narratives. It's a huge issue. And there's a lot of... (laughs) That's a whole nother podcast would be issues in our own communities, whether it's the black community, whether it's the queer community. That's an entirely different episode that we'll have eventually. But it's a problem. It's a problem. The average age, like I said, is 35 for a black trans woman. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. So, yeah, hopefully having these conversations makes a difference. I think when we start to have conversations with the people that we're around, it creates like a ripple effect, you know, creating this content that I've seen and I've researched creates a ripple effect. Someone else tells someone else and then now we all know and we're going to shoot that motherfucking shit down if it ever tries to show its ugly ass head again. You know what I'm saying? So hit me up. Like I said, amproudpodcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you got to say. How do you feel about this? Or you could DM me on uh, Instagram. I'm sure that's more accessible as well. We all have our phone in our hands. So, and also if you guys have any ideas, any topics that you want to send to me on like episodes, Send me that shit because I have a list. I have a list of other topics, but I would love to hear from you guys what other topics you would want me to cover or which other topics you would want me to go more into detail. Because I do the research, honey, before every before every episode, I do the research. Okay, so until then, see y'all in the next one. Bye. I said that so angry. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> I said, why is I so angry? <laughs> oh my God. This the whole past hour, I've just been like livid reading. No, this whole past few days doing the research, I've just been livid. But <laughs> y'all deserve a, a better goodbye. <laughs> All right, y'all, till the next one. Bye, y'all. <laughs>